It's weird. Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My name is Craig. Along with me, Austin and Chris. Welcome to a special edition. We normally talk sports right now, but due to some recent uh, breaking news out of China, um, we kind of moved up and we're doing a special one. We're going to be talking about pandemics, epidemics, and touching on the coronavirus. So welcome everybody to the show. Um, like I said, well, as you see it, please uh, ask any questions. Like I said we'd be more than happy to answer to you as we go. We're hoping that maybe we can bring on a guest, um, Keith, help conversate with this. So, gentlemen, did you have any luck on the research coming up to this? So, do you mean that Austin's drinking a Corona? He's going to get the coronavirus? I'm already getting it, man. Just for this episode, I'll drink a Corona. So, yeah. special episode. I have, I have a little bit of work done, just a little, just a little bit. So that's not enough. I don't think we're good enough. I, I hope five full pages is enough. So <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So hopefully yeah, we'll be able to get Keith on there. And so everybody, I said, be awesome. up. Uh, so gentlemen, what do you guys know about epidemics or pandemics? Do we know anything? Not if not, much. like I said, I can just take off. Yes. Yeah, They're magical. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, epidemics, pandemics, are we due another big outbreak? That's what I titled this episode. Um, epidemic is the term that is given to an increase, an often sudden an occurrence in the number of cases of a disease that will rise above normally acceptable expectations for a population in that area. So, just say, say my family gets the flu. Okay, not a big deal. That's that's a normal thing, but this entire say the entire neighborhood I live in suddenly comes down with the flu. Well, now this has risen above what a normal expectation of a disease is. So yeah. now this is consi- this is considered a localized epidemic. Epidemic. And then as that as that begins to spread, then then they start doing an investigation to find out why is going on here. And as soon as it jumps jumps out from that area is when you start running into the potential of a pandemic, which is it has escaped a localized area and is now mobile. I mean, it, it is, it's broken free it's of a gone. normal. Yeah. So, and just touched on that pandemic is a designation given to an epidemic that is spread over typically over several countries or continents and affects large numbers of people. Uh, typically, typically when we see, uh, designations for epidemics what we see is we we go in and they'll call them one is called point source uh, point source is the cases that are infected at the same time from a single source or exposure so yes. food poisoning uh, just just anything where it's just it's only when you come in contact with that source that source uh, yeah can continuous source epidemic is an epidemic in which the ca- the causal agent, spoiled food, polluted drinking water, etc., infects people who come in contact with it over an extended period of time. So this isn't this isn't we undercooked this one piece of chicken. Now yeah, there's like something in yeah. Well, no, it's not food poisoning. Now, now it's yeah. an actual a food supply contamination. So yes. point source is like I undercooked that piece of chicken. The family's sick. 
The family is yeah. Not everybody yeah. else is single. Now, continuous story is whoever whoever is supplying that chicken, everybody's getting sick off of it. So anytime somebody comes in contact, so that's when you see like recalls and stuff. It's because now we have, you know, we have these things where people are continuously coming in contact with this source and now they're getting sick and it's going over an extended period of time. It's not like a short localized infection. Then the third one is, which is a little more, more on the serious side is the person to person or what is referred to as propagated. Propagated. An epidemic in which a causal agent is transmitted person to person, allowing the epidemic to propagate and spread as a function of RO or also known as R naught. R naught. So have you guys ever heard of R naught? I'm gonna go with not. 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 joke. All right. So R naught. We will go into that. Andrew, thanks for watching. Watching. Welcome to the welcome to education hour. We're going through the re, the boring research part right now. So R not or RO designation, and I will zoom it so hopefully people can see this a little bit. Okay, so you'll see those two little charts I've got down there. So mm -hmm. Andrew, you, you went all in this, man. You went like a school project with this. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will go into <laughs> kind of visual thing for you. So. The R naught number is the basic reproduction number of an infection and be, can, can be thought of as the number of cases one infection can cause on average or mm -hmm. over the course of an infectious mm -hmm. period. So some infections are slow. Some are really virulent and can just fly. It just, people get sick super fast. So, so that the speed is one factor, mm -hmm. but the R factor. So like that chart I just showed you, Ebola is is on average, it's called an R naught of two. So for every one person, so like right here, so if I had Ebola and it would it would easily spread to the two of us, you know, for the three. So now, so now the three of us would have it and now each one of us would spread it to another two. Uh, on average. So that so. that's the, that's the infection rate of Ebola. Well, SARS, which is 2009, which is also a lot like the coronavirus, which we'll be talking about here after a bit is an R not a four. So for every one yes. person that has it, um, it, it spreads four. to four. So four. one will become four, four will become 16, 16. You, know, you just do the math, it, it, you know, 72. And it goes down and it's just, it's exponential. And then so like what's going on with China, that's how it went from being, you know, a couple of people that got sick at the seafood market to all of a sudden, you know, thousands of people are suspected. And like I said, we'll get into those. So it's what they consider, like when they're looking at the R naught factor of these things is when you go, if the infection is, has an R naught of less than one, it's considered it will die out. So, you know, a normal, common cold, yeah, normal common cold stuff in the long run, it's going to die on its own. It's not going to expand. Anything greater than one is one that has to be contained due to the fact that it will spread. It will keep spreading. Spread. Yeah. Until until it's just stopped having <clears throat> access to a new host. It's just gonna keep it's just gonna keep going. So that's why they quarantine people hoping that it doesn't spread and keep spreading and keep Yeah. So yeah. it's probably um stupid statement um question about to say, but you don't by now don't we should have a, a uh a solution for the common cold. All we have is just like 
you know, medicine to for your your symptoms. How can we have a cure for the common cold? I mean, it's we get it every year, twice a year sometimes. You should have something basic for it now at this point. Yeah. Um, but, the stra- but the strand changes every year. If you notice yeah. the flu, the flu shot, they come up with a new flu shot every year. It's a different strand every year. So there's something that – I mean, I guess it comes – you know, antibiotic resistant. Like, you know, you got stuff that becomes penicillin resistant and this and that. It seems like when it comes back, it comes back with vengeance. I I mean, that's why I think that some of this stuff may be created in a lab because how does it come back stronger? You know, I think some of That's the problem, too. Why are we creating this? Here's a a look on page two. I think that maybe some of this stuff is meant to kill people off because if it comes back stronger every year, then they're like, okay, we'll kill, kill a few people here. We'll kill a few people there. But it's just it just comes back every year stronger. And how is that possible? And we'll get into like transmission rates right now. This is – so kind of this, this first part of the show, I'm going to just talk – you know, kind of give everybody that may not understand epidemics and pandemics, kind of give them an idea more as just – FYI, information on how to protect yourself as a family, just what to look out for, what to do, you know, what what could possibly cause. Because um, it and there's Keith dropping the love bug conspiracy down there. Yeah, yeah, love bugs. Oh, nice. So we the first one we're going to start with is direct transmission. So these ones are pretty closely related. You have we've talked a little bit on person to person, and this occurs anytime an infected person touches or exchanges bodily fluids with another person, AKA kissing, sexual contact. Um, Austin shares his Corona with you, not realizing that you're infected and you just took a drink of the same Corona. And next thing you know, I don't feel so good. You got the coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. So it's, (laughs) you know, so you have, you have the direct one where it, it takes physical contact with sweaty person, somebody, you know, mucus, just whatever you've now come contact that you got it. You've infected yourself. You got it. You um, got the it. next one that's, t- like I said, is closely dr- related to this is the droplet transmission. That's the sneeze, the cough, where the droplets are flung out there. And this is the one This is the one that really, you know, when people think about it, it really starts to gross them out and think about you, you, you want to become a germaphobe at, the more you think about it. Because... Typically, with you know, without boring everybody with the scientific you know stuff, but coughing or sneezing casts out thousands of little micro droplets out every time. Just they they go out and they float in the air. So all it takes is you, somebody has it, they sneeze, you go walking by, you can inhale some of those droplets. Yep, you just and now now you're in, now you're infected, and. It, it's one of the, in the same way with the cough. Cough does the same thing. So airplanes, subways, buses. You're in, you're in the checkout aisle. The person behind you sneezes. Well, you just you just got it. But the thing is, like you said, becoming a germaphobe. But if you become too much of a germaphobe, then your body's not used to this stuff. You know what I mean? I knew somebody that um, their first kid. You know, they just laid back, ate whatever. You know, McDonald's, whatever, with the kid, not a problem. And their second kid, they came out and was like, "I'm getting healthy. I'm eating this, no McDonald's, no soda, no nothing." And their kid came out with like less of an immune system than the first child did. So, not you know, I just feel like you can't really, you can't be, you can protect yourself a little bit, but don't go full blown. No offense, Howie Mandel. You know, like you have to give yourself your body used to some things. So. Yeah, like the, we were we were healthy kids because we licked dirt, we ate stuff on yeah, the ground. 
No. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, we'll, outside. We'll talk so. about and one of the one of the comments down there is like, yeah, we will talk about that. That's actually one of the types coming up um, about handles. Um, the next one, yeah, we're going into indirect transmission. And first one, kind of the gross one, uh, fecal oral transmission. Shit. Yes, pretty much. Um, transmission occurs <laughs> when microscopic amounts of fecal matter, feces, are passed from an infected person <laughs> or animal to another person by mouth. Yeah. This so you, is a common transmission in the food industry. Um, via, so what you're saying is we shouldn't go lick the white. We shouldn't go lick the white dog shit in the playground. No, 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 it's, it's, it's not even that it's not even that direct. What it is is somebody who has hepatitis HIV, you see this all the time in the food industry. Yeah. Um, you know, we even had a local one uh, last year where, you know, like I said, I'm not going to talk about businesses just because, like I said, I don't want to get in that. But one of the workers had hepatitis, had hepatitis A. And so yep. um, that's that's one of those where it's it can it can go from being just like a normal, you're going out to eat, you're going to this, to suddenly you're getting a call, you need to go to the doctor, you need to go get yourself tested. And why? It was all because somebody who was prepping the salad or the lettuce for a thing happened to be sick, got got cut, didn't wash their hands properly, it made the salad, and then now everybody's eating it. And so now everybody's been exposed. I don't want to skip ahead. I probably will by saying it, but Keith, you know, said it again. Why it wasn't China quarantined? Um, the article, one of the articles I read was the lab or whatever was right next to the food market, mm-hmm. and like he said, they don't have the same health standards as America and other countries. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Why would you? Why would you ever want to put a lab next to a food market? You know what I mean? Like that's just a stupid idea. And look what happened. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it. It was actually is a little bit of a distance. It was 20 miles away. 20 it's miles. It's too away. close. But, no, I mean, I mean, 20 miles is a waste, but it's when we talk, like I said, we'll talk about that, you know, like stuff that happened there um, to answer Andrea. It's you don't always catch something, but there are some things that, like I said, even robust or some of the virulent ones, I, they don't care about your immune system. Okay. Ebola. So it just there. They will just they it just uh, luckily the love people that have stronger ones are usually the ones that can survive it. The ones that are, you know, have compromised are usually the ones that take it down. So this is this is one of those where it's this is this is where without even panicking people, um, masks are a really good idea. You know, especially like, yes. as these things expand. It's a good idea if you're gonna be out in a in a public area, wash your hands, hand sanitizer. You know, if you're gonna to have to go on public transportation, if you're gonna be in a crowded area sometimes, it might be a good idea, especially if they start popping up and you're your area is mask. Just start wearing mask. But they're all it, sold out right now. As I'm yeah, talking, they're yeah. all sold out because people have panicked and flocked and got them all. Yeah, and then so then we go to the next, which is airborne. We kind of hit on this. Um, some of the infectious agents now have figured out a way to mutate to where they're airborne. It's crazy. So when an infected person, same thing, sneezes, coughs, laughs. And in some cases, on some strains, even just breathing can send it out in the air. This, what this will be is somebody walking along, coming through the area, just coming through the room where somebody had been in and sneezed. They don't even have to be in that room. So, so you use the example, like I said, I'm, say I'm sick, I sneeze, I leave the room. You guys come in the room, you know, 15 minutes later, you can still catch it. Because mm-hmm. some of these things can last up to two hours in the air. 
Yeah. That's so, your life, fam. Two hours yeah, in the two air. Hours. But you think you think about that, you know, just just picture concerts, picture buses, picture subways, picture airplanes. If somebody sneezes, this thing's hanging, you know, they sneeze near the bathroom. How many people come and go around that bathroom for two hours? Quite a quite a few. And this is where, you know, that can become serious issue and that kind of leads into as well um oh and a little side note some cold viruses have also been seen to survive on indoor surfaces for up to seven days mm-hmm. so you know you take that and then and that kind of leads to um what the one that was before was a it's called a fomite that's an inanimate object door handles computer keyboards you know telephones just you go down the go down the list where somebody does the same thing: sneeze, cough, touch it, open the door, it stay it stays there. Person comes in the convenience store, grabs it, grabs their stuff, like oh man, those chips look amazing, and they just start eating the chips. Well, they touch the handles without mm-hmm. sanitizing. You're infected, and it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. Things, and this is where like just basic steps like as this comes, it is so important. Washing hands. You know, hand sanitizer is going to become like your best friend in some of these things. Yeah. And keep that, I mean, just brought that up too, is just where it's going to be, you know, public transportation in some of these, especially overcrowded areas where that's the major transportation. That becomes huge. Um, I don't have it, but um, one, of the, one of the articles I was reading, they showed a photo in Beijing, I think it was Beijing where they had it, they showed a subway. There was three people on the subway. It was Beijing. They, they, they completely stopped taking the subway. They're figuring other ways to get places. They're, they're abandoning the subway. And then we have um, insect bites is the last type, and that's called a vector transmission. And that's where diseases are spread. Um, Zika, yellow fever, malaria, a lot of these you know, are spread Encephalitis. through. Yeah, and those are all through the in, you know mosquito landing on you. That one, so they require require that through indirect, um, which is also referred to kind of as a zoonotic mm-hmm. transmission. And then the direct one is where a vertebrate animal interacts with you, it, AKA rabies, and potentially even, you know, something like this coronavirus, or, you know, this SARS, or where it's an avian type flu. Um, so far, like this one, um, question was, is there any confirmed and Tiffany to answer. Yeah, there's right now they they say 56, 56. but we'll get into that. Um, I don't believe that number at all. And yeah. so yeah, we'll get we'll get into that um, here in a little bit. Next page. <laughs> uh, so page three. Uh, so major epidemics in the U.S. Uh, they happen. They've happened frequently throughout our entire history. You know, same with the world. There's all, from earliest known records to now. There's always been major, major epidemics. Um, we'll start with the most recent ones for us. 1803 uh, outbreak of yellow fever. Yellow Un- fever. Yeah, unknown death toll. So it was in the thousands. 1820 to 1823 yellow fever again. Over 100,000 are dead. So the same same disease. Forty seven, about twenty four years later, another twenty. Did you say nineteen forty seven? Eighteen forty seven. Eighteen forty seven. That's what I thought you said. Okay, cool. So and we're then, on a pattern here. Yep. Yeah, and then we uh, next one 
major one. We jumped to 1889, 1890. It's the flu pandemic, and that's over a million worldwide die from an influenza. So then we jump another 18, um, actually 28 years to the 1918, 1920 Spanish flu. Hmm, I think and you're onto something. That's this is this is where we're starting to get tied into like this coronavirus. Um, this is this is the H1N1 strain. This is influenza that has mutated. This causes upwards of 100 million people to die worldwide. So this is major one. This has many many issues. There's two school. There's there's actually I think there's three that they talk about. Um, they they try to track down the original infection point. They're it's widely credited to Fort Riley in Kansas mm-hmm. as the origination of the Spanish flu. And uh, there's also, uh, I, don't, I don't know, if I, I don't, didn't write this down, but there's also a, a British, a British base in France. that's also kind of credited with being the original point, but there's a third theory out there that it was Chinese laborers that were brought in to handle manual labor during this time. But regardless of that, what what happened during this thing, there nobody knew really sanitation practices, washing hands, doing this. So, um, have you guys looked into the Spanish flu at all? Then you you guys know much about it. Do you know why it was called the Spanish flu? No, not at all. Did it originate okay. in a Spanish it, in a Spanish colony? Not at all. Not at all. The reason, actually, it's called the Spanish flu, um, believe it or not, is while the sources aren't credited there, during the war, due to um, the effects it would have on the morale and the war effort, um, it was kept quiet in both England, U.S., about what was going on with this flu. Well, the only place that was talking about it was the independent, not you know, just they were neutral, Spain. And they started reporting it. So because of that, it, they were credited with the you know the flu. So they, basically, by staying neutral, they were given all the blame, you know, as the Spanish flu, and that's where that that's where actually it was credited to them. So they, you know, so we go through there, and this by spring of 1919, this pandemic had affected over a third of the world's total population of 500 million people. Wow. So and so when you're yeah so when you're looking at this at at that same point in spring of 1919, 50 million worldwide and over 675 thousand people had died here in the U.S. from the Spanish wow. flu. And this and the crazy part about this one is unlike other flus, this wasn't killing the just the weak, the young, the elderly. This was taking out 15 to 34 year olds. It was so really um, fighting age. So the guys going over in the war, they they're getting taken. You know, they're dying, and it's the same thing. It's acute respiratory issues. You're you know your pneumonia. You know, back then they didn't have the medical technology. They didn't have the abilities to treat. So a lot of these ones, it was basically just you know, here let me let me wipe the sweat off of you. Oh crap! Now I have it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's. You know, unfortunately, so then we, then we, we get a little bit of a major break, you know, for major ones, 57, 58, the Asian flu, it kills over 2 million worldwide. And then in 68, 69, we have the Hong Kong flu, where over a million worldwide die from this. 
A million? Um, so if you're noticing a pattern, these are all flu influenza. This has become the major killer. But the it sounds that, like a hundred. <clears throat> yeah. It sounds like a hundred year pattern. I mean, I'm looking at the kind dates of, and I'm putting them together in my head. It sounds like every decade they have a significant, <laughs> significant virus. Yeah. You think that's, that's what I said. Somewhere about you know in the 1820s, we had yellow fever. We had a major thing, yellow fever. During all these, I didn't really get into them because there wasn't so much in the U.S. But during the world, too, there was major cholera outbreaks throughout the world at the same time. But they didn't really hit the U.S. as hard. Um, and like, yeah, pneumonia—that is, that's the killer. The acute respiratory things that develop from. But flu. Hey, we give him, we give him props. So he was representing USA very finely. Yes. <laughs> very well. Then, More than that damn onesie. <laughs> so the one that breaks the flu um, hold on number one is. The current one from 1960 to present day is HIV AIDS. Over 30 million worldwide have succumbed to complications from the AIDS virus. Yes, so that, and, and and ironically, you die from pneumonia. You don't really die from the AIDS virus. You die from complications of the AIDS virus. So yeah, every virus that's created, it seems like you die from complications, not yeah. the actual virus. And that's 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 one of the things you know, either created or the natural. I don't know if we're going to get it, but you see uh, Keith's question. I don't want to miss it just in case about the uh, should we be concerned or is it the media just up, up, you know, hyping it up? Because I wasn't concerned about it until you called me Friday and you were like, hey, we got to talk about this. And I was like, really, is it it this bad? Like, (laughs) no, we won't. We won't miss that at all. So that's um, yeah. So I mean, if you're. If you're kind of healthy, I mean, I don't think you really have much to worry about, but it's the the older people and the younger people who don't have a healthy immune, immune system that may really perish from this. So. There's a bunch of people from the 1920s that would argue with you, sir. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah, 15 to 34-year-olds. That's what I said. That's, uh, I said yeah, but you see the difference between 1920 and 2020 now, the difference we in our de- bodies we have better and stuff, treatment. you know? I mean, They'll get you quarantine. Yeah. They'll try to give you all kind of stuff to get you healed. So we go to so we jump ahead to 2009. Everybody knew that SARS, and that that took 203,000 people worldwide. And probably the reason why this, like I said, we were just talking about, probably the reason why this was um, a lot better contained was modern modern treatments. More concerned about sanitation. You didn't have it go. You didn't have it go as bad. But this was. This was a variation of that same H1N1 strain. It mutated, and that's where. So, was it early, early detection? Was it med- medical technology, sanitation? You know, all these things could have played a role in why only two hundred three thousand people, you know, succumbed to this as opposed to millions worldwide. And then we, the one I just threw in there because this is the other panic was August twenty eighteen. Um, you guys might, I'm sure, would probably remember the Ebola. The Ebola. Ebola started, and this is that one where it it was anytime you come in contact with bodily fluids and you get in it, you could take it. This this one had everybody in a panic because this is the one that you don't want to get out. Mm-mm. There's not there's at at that time there was no treatment. It's not like the flu where you can. They've got stuff to give you for the flu. They know how to treat it. Ebola, there was, it was basically, you had just as much chance your medical treatment as somebody just giving the prayers for you. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was up to your body to help, help you fight it and see if you could pull through. 
Yeah, Matt, Matt's true though. A lot of diseases just disappear. Like, why is that? You know, like, the Zika know. came through. Uh, when did Zika come through? Twenty fifteen? Had it been twenty fifteen? No, right? it was. That was probably. That was probably about that same somewhere around the same time. You know, that's what they said. You know, if for especially pregnant women, my girlfriend was pregnant at the time with my second child, I think, and I said, "You do not go outside because if you get bit by a mosquito, something can happen." You know, I was, I was worried about that, and then all of a sudden. Where, where'd Zika go? Zika's just gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, like, it's weird. You know, you look at that, you you see it, and you just start to wonder. It's like, okay, so why did this, you know, did this occur uh, this way? And you don't know. I don't know why those those jump in, and then they're just they're gone. I mean, because it was that was every, Yeah, I mean, we hopefully, hopefully this one turns out to be the same way, because that's when we're getting Maybe. into is – the novel coronavirus. That's the one that just came out um, started January 2020. So the current death toll is 56 is what is what they have. Um, this one is the latest in a potentially catastrophic scenario. Um, problem is, is once again, this is originating in a highly controlled communist communist Communism. regime that does not like to have, um, lose face. So they will not release stuff that's going to make them bad. Not at all. So while they are going to still admit that, yes, this occurred, mm-hmm. yes, people are dying, they're well, not going to tell you the how exact... How actually really died. They're not going to tell you if people, if people escaped quarantine. They're not going to tell you these things. What What's they're going to do is they're going to give out the information that they have to give, not the information that they should give. And that's kind of the same way. So, um, hey, Austin, your sounds bleeding over. Not right this second. Sorry. Um, yeah. So this one, they identified patient zero. Um, he, the patient, still unidentified. Um, but they looked that they went to as uh, the Huanan Seafood Market in Wuhan, China. Wuhan. Wuhan. And the. You know, there's been talk that's either tainted snake meat, tainted bat meat. One of, you know, that's what they're leading towards. Um, this market is, although even though the name says seafood market, it's a well-known omnivorous market where if you want something to eat, this is the market to find it. So now, beaver, fish, I mean, it's like if you want to eat, you know, some sort of meat, you can find it in this exotic, market. Exotic meat. You might find so it in there. Does that market ship over to America and other countries? Is that just strictly for China? That's you know what I mean. That's strictly for China. I mean, you know, black markets still exist, but yeah, that's that's basically it's one. It's not. It's not like a public Walmart, you know, regulated supermarket. This is just one. This is like, uh, you know, kind of just think like a a type of a food version of like a farmer's market. But just you go there, you can buy if you want to get something to eat. That's the place to buy it. Labrador, child, whatever you want. Yeah. And so they were known for selling lots of weird live animals. Um, so the Chinese authorities have linked this as the original source. Um, but some of the questions, you know, come in. How did this? Um, how did this meat get there? First off, well, it could just be somebody walking along, found some snakes, skinned them. Okay, now I got food to sell. Same way with bats. Um, I've seen several pictures of people with a bowl of soup, this bat, this hand cooked bat. 
mm-hmm. just off the side, you know, and they're just snap, you know, they're chewing on a wing, you know, just eating. That, that's, that's a del- delicacy over yeah. there. So, so, you know, this one, so did, you know, the question is how did these animals contract this um, unknown? I mean, it just out of nowhere. Well, to revert back to your question, uh, there is a certain place called Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory that opened in January of 2018, some mere 20 miles away from the seafood market. And the problem is um, this, when it opened, it's the only lab in China that is designated for study into dangerous pathogens like SARS, Ebola, these H1N1 virus strains. So now you've got a facility that has this. Well, in 2017, uh, there was warnings of the lab animals that they were going to be using that they, they're deemed unpredictable, and this lab was intending to use those for the study. It didn't go into, it didn't go into, yeah, it didn't go into the detail on this one. Okay, this, like, what's unpredictable mean? Like, that makes, if you're caged up, it shouldn't matter. I, th- I think it's one of those. If when you're trying to study, you're trying, you're expecting to have a certain behavior, but it's like they would, be, they were known for not, you know, not doing what you expected. They were just, it was like an mm-hmm. unexpected result. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the opening in 2018, biosafety experts and scientists here in the U.S. expressed concerns that a virus um, will, you know, could escape this lab due to due to the design. Uh, 2004, a SARS virus um, leaked from a Beijing facility that was similar to this lab. So this is, so the thing is, okay, so you inject a rodent, you know, little lab lab rat, inject it, it's got this coronavirus, you're studying it, somehow it breaks containment. So now that thing is out in, out in nature. So snakes, bats, so you have a snake, you know, say the snake gets that mouse, boom, eats it, skin the snake, it's at the market, you know, we go there, we decide we are just, we are just dying for a snake steak. You know, we just got to have a piece of snake, mm-hmm. you know, so, so we're, we're just eat, chowing down. Also, you know, whatever the incubation period, because right now the scary part is they don't know if it's a day or 14 days. Yeah. So somewhere in that time frame is the thing. So you get it all of a sudden, you know, you're going home. You're just like, Oh man, I just, oh God, I just don't feel, I don't feel oh. so hot. Well, now, you've got this new strain of coronavirus that nobody knows anything about. Well, you know, I'm, I have what I think is just normal flu. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm just going to, I'm just going to power through it. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, you pass it on to others and it just starts to spread. And so we get kind of into, they, they don't believe it's airborne. They don't believe that it is, that it's indirect they believe it's it's strictly um through a person-to-person contact whether it's you know sneezing coughing you know mucus saliva right now that's that's their belief whether it's going to change but it the part that's crazy is they're starting to issue reports finally that they do not believe that it is only contagious when you're showing signs they think there's actually thinking that you could actually pass it, it on without even it. you have it. So before you're even showing a fever, before you're doing this, I mean, you could be simply 
you're all blowing your nose, you haven't cleaned your hands, you touch the door handle, you come in after them, you've now got the coronavirus. So there are, Chinese authorities are only saying that um, at the last I saw it was about 2,000 people uh, confirmed cases. Bullshit. Yeah, but that's why I said I don't, I'm not buying it because there's even reports a uh, nurse saying that she's seeing bodies just lying in the halls of the hospital. And it's not patients, it's bodies, as in people have died. You said 200. That's the number you just said, right? No, 2,000. 2,000 confirmed cases. Well, but we have cases in the U.S., so that's, gotta, that's BS. Like we, have, we have three confirmed cases now, but last I saw there was, um, I believe it's 12 states have um, investigations. Now, what's There's, the symptoms of the difference between a common cold and this coronavirus? It's the same. same. The same. common cold. So you don't know until you go to the doctors and they test you pretty much. Not, yeah. not necessarily. Like, I mean, most, I guess most people, I know I catch the flu. I take Tamiflu or whatever for two or three days, and it doesn't go, and it goes away. But this just doesn't go away. So after them three days, you're like, oh man, I really need to go to the doctor. But us, I guess you know it's gonna be hard for us American people because we're really stubborn. Like yeah. you know, we might give it four or five days. Like oh man, and, that, and, and I was sick two years ago. I was sick for two weeks, and I like, I was great. I got it back. I didn't. I'm, I'm yeah. stubborn, man. I, could, I probably could have died. You could have been spreading the coronavirus. Like you're I probably was. I'm sorry, Craig. Well, I got you sick. Remember that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I got Craig sick, and I felt really bad. All, <laughs> jokes, all, all jokes aside, man, for real, if you, got, if you got some symptoms and you're not feeling well, after you take a couple meds, you need to go to the doctor for real. Tiff, um, Tiffany said that we just um, there's now five confirmed reports here in the U.S. So – I and this will kind of get us into the conspiracy theory side of uh, side of the hour is um, one of those things. I I get it uh, from the devil's advocate part of it. I get it as a as a government as an agency. You don't want to create a panic. You don't want people to just suddenly shut down, avoid everything. But the point is, at what point does the fear of doing that damage cause more damage? Because you'll have the CDC at, for the last week has been downplaying this. It's, it's, it's not, you know, we're looking into it. It's not that serious. Well, from what we're looking at, uh, there, it's an unconfirmed report right now, but supposedly Chinese embassy tracked down a Chinese national. Uh, she came into the airport, took uh, some medication to hide her fever symptoms. She what? Broke, she beat the scans, and there's there's pictures of her going around to restaurants, hotels, eating. So oh. she's got something, whether it's a normal, uh, normal flu, the coronavirus. She has something. So the people next to her eating potentially are all exposed. They need to the quarantine her. The wait staff. So you think about anybody that hand you know eating with fork, drinking, anybody that's touched that. Now, so if anybody's cleaned the table, you know, fork touches your hand, all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, my eye's itchy. Well, now, you know, now Pierre at whatever cafe is now needs to find himself in a quarantine. Yeah, are we referring back to China with this one, or are you saying uh, Pierre no, in what state? No, that's no, in France. The sheep was wandering around France just eating at cafes, restaurants while she was infected with either uh, at least the flu. Oh, wow. sorry. My my video <clears throat> cut out. So they, they Chinese found this late. This one lady has it, 
She's um, like, well, they don't, she's, they don't know. Like I said, it was an unconfirmed report. I don't know if she's okay. one of the two cases in France, but this one was one of the ones talked about. Damn. And that kind of brought to my, um, my question I was going to run to you guys and the people listening and watching is so right now the U S is planning on flying back uh, U S expatriates and personnel from this infected area to San Francisco. So you're potentially bringing people that are exposed that may not be showing signs on a plane, bringing it to the U S. I mean, you're potentially bringing a loaded missile full of disease back to the United States. They need to put them in a tent and leave them there. And let them well, they need to have separate planes and they need to quarantine that plane and quarantine the people deep clean that damn plane. You know what I mean? Like they need to go through so many precautions. It's not even funny. Burn the plane. Sorry, that plane's out of commission. Do the same thing. <laughs> Tiffany just brought it up, and she she beat me to it. That's the, one of the things I was going to bring it back to, to show why I think that the Chinese government is not telling telling us exactly what's going on. Disneyland, uh, Disneyland in China and Hong Kong are both shut down. Jeez, you know it's serious at that point. Wow. So if if Disney is closing those parks you know something is going on and i mean if they're doing that out of precaution it start you start to wonder because the chinese government has now you know admitted at least 56 million people are quarantined Christ. 56 million that's yeah. a, that's a oh my so, God, that's a lot of people you know and so I, I look at it and so i mean when you guys are thinking about it i mean picture picture this okay normally like here if one of us gets the flu what is a normal routine go see the doctor you went, sit in the waiting room. Craig, are you he, kidding me? Go see the doctor. Cough until he can't cough no more. And then no, we decide yeah. to go see the doctor. But no, I'm just saying like a normal routine for people here in the U.S. You get the flu. You go sit in the waiting room. You go see the doctor. That's normal. You know, that person's sick. Well, you see some of the images from China. They are putting these people in in isolation tubes and rolling them onto the thing. So this is, this is something that is not a normal flu virus. That like they're like they're playing it off, and that's why I said I'm questioning the CDC, I'm questioning the Chinese authorities, I'm starting to question. Like I said, all the authorities that are talking to us about it because what you're telling us that it's not that big of a deal, and what we're seeing on camera are two different things. It's two we're, two two different things. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing on one end serious precaution of isolation, quarantine, 